a raw cut of found footage from the Norwegian countryside. You've got to pay the troll toll. It. Troll Hunter. Was that was that a uh, always sunny reference? It was. <laughs> yeah, it was an always sunny reference. <laughs> also, is it just me or does this language sound like if you played English in reverse? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I was listening. I was like, it just sounds like they're playing the audio backwards. <laughs> Every once in a while, you get those words that sound familiar, but most of the time, it's it's pretty much gibberish compared to most languages <laughs> uh, for me. <laughs> I agree. Like, like uh, most like, languages, if I, even if I've never heard it before, it's the first time I'm like, okay, I can like kind of understand like how this works. Mm-hmm. This is one. It's like whoever created this, it was having a blast. <laughs> they had a good time. <laughs> well, welcome back to the monsters versus men podcast where we are not linguists. We are the bargain basement of the monster podcasting airways this week. As we try to stay alive, we're discussing troll hunter. Yeah. Well, we're not I'm linguists, Eric. but we did take linguistics. Um, <laughs> and I'm Alex. <laughs> We did both take a linguistic class, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This is the first of our series of 21st century standalone monster movies. Um, we have a poll that we created. We created a Sweet 16 based off listeners and online uh, feedback. We created our Sweet 16. And our first matchup was the one seed, Troll Hunter against the four seed reign of fire. Now I know Alex, you were kind of hoping for a reign of fire upset, maybe potentially, but <laughs> troll hunter it was. Yeah. I mean, reign of fire. The only reason I would have wanted reign of fire is because I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. Whereas troll hunter, I saw probably like three or four years ago for the first time. Mm. So it was just more recent. Um, yeah. I had seen both of them, so it didn't really matter yeah. to me. No, I, I kind of want to see Rain of Fire now. I kind of want to see all of our Sweet 16 films, but <laughs> Rain of Fire is like a dragon film, right? Yeah, if I remember right, it's like some cold, my, people are mining in the earth and they accidentally unearth dragons and then draggers, dragons take over, I think, Europe. And then it's huh. up to Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale to stop them. Mm. Well, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, Troll Hunter did win on, on Twitter. Um, it won with 64% of the vote. Uh, and on Patreon, it won with 86% of the vote. So it didn't have to go to the tiebreaker, which would be executive producers and us, a decision between all of us. Um, it was two to nothing, and that ended the deal right there. Yeah, that was a that was a trouncing. Actually, I was surprised at how close it was on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I was not surprised at um, Patreon. <laughs> Yeah, I think only Michael chose Rain of Fire, so <laughs> something like that. <laughs> oh man, no, uh, yeah, and I think I think this was a good result because I do think Troll Hunter brings something different to the table for sure. Next week's next week's uh, matchup, by the way, we've got uh, Attack the Block versus Annihilation. Mm. And I, I, I want Annihilation to win. I could say that because I think our votes are done by the time anyone hears <laughs> this is released. Yeah, I, I want Annihilation to win as well. Uh, I've seen both movies, but I yeah, like I 
I like Annihilation more. Oh no, I have um, not seen Annihilation. Which yeah, is I was going to say, I, I didn't think you'd seen Annihilation. Uh, I like Attack the Block. It's a fun film. It's a little overrated. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, I know. I was. Tr- I've been trying not to say that, but that that was one that I had heard big things about, uh-huh. and then when I saw it, I enjoyed it. But it's kind of like you know when things get hyped up, like a Game of Thrones. It gets hyped up, and then you go watch it, and you're like, oh, well. Well, whenever it wins this next week, we're going to revisit it, and you'll probably be like, wow, that was actually pretty good. Well, I I do have a track record of doing that, so I am not going to write that off. (laughs) Exactly. No, but I hope Annihilation wins, just because I think there's a lot to discuss with that movie. It's a really interesting one. So Um, it'll be a 20-minute episode, then. And I wonder if, I wonder what you will think of it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot. I mean, I feel like I know a lot about it because uh-huh. people just reference weird moments in it. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting to if we end up watching Annihilation, it will be interesting to hear your perspective for sure because uh, it is a little bit more artsy and pretentious than most of the yeah. films that we watch. So. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those in theaters. I, I I wanted to. I only saw the trailer one time. Like there was like uh-huh. no marketing for it. There was mixed messaging on whether it was going to come out on Netflix day one when back when Ooh. it came out. This uh-huh. this was pre pandemic and even. And then it just yeah, I just never got too interested. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Well, cool. Maybe we should uh, jump into this one then, <laughs> and we'll see what happens for next week. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Um, Andre Overdahl, most widely known for directing the Del Toro-produced Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, released his first major film, Troll Hunter, in 2010. Shot in the landscapes of Western Norway, production of the film was kept secret until its opening. As a mockumentary and found footage feature, Troll Hunter showcases mostly amateur actors. But does this style work for you in the film, Alex? Is this found footage style the only way that you could tell this particular story? You know, I don't think found footage is ever the only way to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just this story, but any stories. And I do think that in unique instances, however, it can enhance it. And mm-hmm. I think this is actually one of those. Like This il- illustrates several aspects of the film that I think may have been lost if it wasn't done. And that's like the size of the trolls. It really benefits also from something that was pretty rare back when this movie came out, a lack of shaky cam. Um, <laughs> and especially for a handheld film, yeah. you know, this is late 2000s, early 2010s. Uh, it was, you'd be hard pressed to find a movie that had any action whatsoever and you not having a nauseating feeling in your stomach from the, <laughs> from yeah. the shaky cam. So, yeah, I mean, they made they the decision to make the camera pretty crystal clear, except for a complete moments of panic, which would be understandable. Like it fit the narrative, yeah. like that they're not aiming the camera at something. Uh, I think the style really works in favor for the movie. My favorite moments with the use of this is a when we first see a troll and the size of it and how big mm. it is, and that that anticipation is like trees start crashing down. But also when that thing is in pursuit of them in the woods, like it's kind of hard to believe that that thing would be hard to see <laughs> right in all those trees, hard to lose track of like that's really hard to believe. But when there's a moment where they're uh, Thomas and the cameraman are, they're kind of like searching for each other and you see this tree 
and then it starts to move and it's like okay i i, I could kind of see why it'd be easy to lose this thing because mm-hmm. its legs just look like tree trunks it is very cool um and uh, that emphasis on that camouflage like capabilities it's, i don't know if you could have hit it quite as well if you didn't do this now i know something like kong skull island kind of did this with the legs of the trees yeah of the uh, bamboo and right. the spider, which was pretty cool. But the effect of this, I think is a lot more befitting, especially with something so gigantic and just goofy. Um, yeah. And so I, I think the, I think the style works. Yeah. No, the night vision also helps with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just really cool. The first time the night vision comes on and we see that troll, you're like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> but do I, I do think this film benefits from its style. Um, it does blend two distinct but related approaches, right? You've got the found footage approach and the mockumentary approach. Um, but because of the fact that you have this mystery surrounding uh, this film that is set up in those opening credits, and because of the goals of the student team that's working on this film or working on this footage, that mm-hmm. works, right? Now, can the whole thing feel a bit gimmick- gimmicky at times? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, there are always going to be those weird shots where, where the camera stays on at just the right moment, you know, just to capture something that yeah. even the film crew wasn't aware of, right? Mm-hmm. Or shots where the camera is cut at an awkward time um, that can feel contrived. But overall, I like the style because it showcased the humor of this film. Now, what was funny, Alex, <laughs> was speaking of the humor, it was funny because I texted you today uh, and I said, Troll Hunter is a comedy film really definitively like that. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting. I think that you like the horror elements more because I actually like the comedic elements, but I, I said, troll hunter is a comedy film. Now the problem with my text, Alex was that I hadn't watched the last 30 minutes, but you didn't know that. So, so tell our listeners how you responded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just, te- you texted me, you said troll hunter is a comedy. And I was like, uh, I, I said, yeah, it's got some funny bits to it. And then you said like, no, it's a straight up comedy. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if them going missing at the end is comedic or their friend being eaten, but I would mostly agree is what I said. And then you said uh, you hadn't finished it yet. <laughs> Which completely caught me off guard because as I said to you, I said, you're speaking so authoritatively. I assumed you were done. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, I, I, that's because up until that point, I stand by what I said. It was only moments later when I realized, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew exactly what you meant immediately after that point. Yeah, and, and, and yes, I do love the comedic elements because there's a there's some pretty funny stuff going on here, uh, especially when Hans is in the armor trying to get the blood sample. It's just so funny. Like It's, it's like... It's a classic moment that needs to be talked about more. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like, even after the cameraman dies, which is a a, a pretty like j- jolting moment. Uh, it's kind of unexpected. Them lying to the new camera person is actually pretty funny. Like, <laughs> like, like they're they don't want to tell this person what might happen because they just want a cameraman. And I really like that. No, I I, I did like the horror elements quite a bit. Uh, in particular, like the the uh, the initial encounter is like really fun and humorous. Like, I mean, these trolls are laughably designed, which is intentional because these beasts are as dumb to look at as they are intelligent. Which Hans tells us on several occasions how stupid they are. 
Uh huh. No. Yeah. So I I do think that this is a comedy film for the most part. It's dark comedy, but it is a comedy. Um, I just think it had trouble balancing its tones in the final third. I don't think that moment works quite as well as you might, where their cameraman dies and then you know they they check immediately, they find the footage, like they're a little bit shocked, but they're over it so quickly. There is a point to that obviously, right, mm-hmm. about how quickly they're able to get over this person's death. But I just don't know if it works as much after that point. But before that, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, up until that point, this film reminds me of a deeply ironic, satirical, darkly humorous story, such as any sort of Monty Python skit mm. or even something more serious like The Metamorphosis. It's just so absurd, right? At one point, Hans, in complete seriousness, tells a story about a troll trying to eat its own tail between its legs and then rolling down a hill. (laughs) (laughs) In just complete seriousness, his delivery is so perfect, right? And then that bridge scene, you mentioned it. That's my absolute favorite scene in this movie. It's just so ridiculous in so many ways. (laughs) The Han suit, it can, again, it could be ripped out of a Monty Monty Python movie, right? Um, While the gruesome violence he encounters there doesn't even seem to phase him. He might as well say it's just a flesh wound, right? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone takes the proceedings so seriously. I just couldn't help but laugh time and time again. The problem, though, becomes when their friend gets eaten. That That's pretty gruesome. And I'm actually okay with it happening, but I don't think the film led us to that point. It hadn't prepared us for that, in my opinion. Um, so it felt like a tonal jump. Now, yeah, we got some kind of horror stuff, um, but I don't know. I, I felt like it was a bit too far at that moment. And then there were a few moments that tried to go back to what I thought was satire that just didn't work. Like when Hans described how he had to kill the troll family and children in the past, I I understand the point there, right? And I guess it could come across as serious, even though, or it could come across again as satirical just because of how deeply serious he's playing the role at that moment. I just don't think it works though after that tonal jump. It could have worked before that moment, but after it just comes across as a bit callous to me. Hmm. Interesting. I, I think the tonal shifts actually work for me, uh, with the exception of the br- abrupt ending. Like the Han stuff you mentioned, that that's that's a serious moment that he's talking about. Like, there's all kinds of moments throughout the film before he speaks about like killing the families and the pregnant ones and all this stuff, where he alludes to being ashamed of his position and that he's not. He he's, several occasions he says he's not a hero. And it's clear that there's something about his job that he's not happy about. He, he What he's doing is, isn't great in his perception, but it is necessary. So we have these moments spink, sprinkled consistently throughout. Um, I do think that that moment is like the culmination of it. And he, he is being serious. That's not a, that's not a satire. I moment. agree. I, I do like, like looking back on it. I do think it is a serious moment. Um, but because of how that character has been played throughout, I I can see it being read as a satirical moment, which I don't think is good for that sort of material. Oh, see, I didn't, yeah, I didn't pick it up as satirical at all. Um, huh. We, 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 you know, 
the rest of the film, we, we do have a lot of total shifts, though. Like, now, like, the friend being eaten, like you said, and the underwhelming reaction, which I totally agree with, but are a bit of a shock. But it's almost, it's almost humorous in the way that that is done. Like, the death isn't humorous, but they're, they mourn him so quickly they immediately go and find the camera. Like that's, yeah, <laughs> that is like the key there is that they're more interested in the camera and then they're not really worried about him because they immediately replace him with like this hilarious payoff. Like uh-huh. first, like they're they're you know, there's no morning for the cameraman. Then they quickly get a new one. She shows up and they tell her nothing. Like they even look at the camera a couple of times, like, uh, <laughs> like in almost like office, like fashion, like, <laughs> We're not telling her something. The only thing they say to her is they ask if she's Christian, which like she's like really off put by, and she responds that she's Muslim, <laughs> which is I think I thought was like really funny. And they they're all like semi relieved. <laughs> you can see them all like, huh? But then they ask Hans like, "Do you think it'll work?" And he's like, uh, "I have no idea, <laughs> but we'll find out." It it's just that whole moment is really funny and not only that but we also get all this i think hilarious imagery at the end of the film with hans and the giant troll like mm-hmm. while he is completely calm oh yeah it's, it's so ludicrous and hilarious like he's just <laughs> flashing a light at a troll that is well, I, I love i love the part <laughs> of the the layer scene uh right before their friend is eating the cameraman's yeah. eating where you get the camera, it goes to Hans. They're hiding out in the lair, and it goes to Hans, and he's just sleeping. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all like panicking, hyperventilating, and he's just literally sitting there, pretty much asleep. Yeah. yeah, like there's so many moments of him just going about his normal day, essentially, that are just <laughs> completely oh, ludicrous. The the, the <laughs> him sleeping, <laughs> the way that he sleeps in uh. Uh, what does he have? Like the ultraviolet light shining on him. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he has to wear sunscreen while yeah. he sleeps. <laughs> well, he even he even makes a comment that he can't sleep in the dark, which yeah. is like oh, yeah. alludes to some stuff too, which is really interesting. Uh, but yeah, he's got like the tails hanging, and he just like he just stinks all the time. He just smells oh, bad. But uh, <laughs> another thing I liked is like <laughs> Hans finds out that these trolls have rabies, and he casually mentions that Thomas has rabies to him. He's like, "Yeah, you have rabies." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Thomas like actually has an appropriate reaction about himself having rabies. Like he just starts freaking out. He wants to go to the hospital, but Hans is like, "I don't have time for that." Yeah, and so yeah. it's really fun. Uh, it's really funny. So I actually don't have any problems with the tone until how they end the film. Uh, well, not how they end, but how they cut the main content of the film when they go to the "oh, they were never seen again" type thing right before a truck might hit Thomas. It didn't really look like it was going to. Yeah, uh, that the whole thing is just—it's really odd. It—it it, it seemed like a cop out. In a mm. lot of ways to me. Um, and then I'm also wondering like how they get the footage. I'm guessing Hans gave it to him. It's the yeah. only thing I can think of is he maybe got a hold of the footage and gave it to him. Yeah. It, but th- that whole moment is a, is, is a minus for me right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, honestly, that was an issue for me because I figured that was going to happen. Well, I knew it was going to happen, but the way it happens, it's like that didn't feel earned. Like, mm. 
yeah. It's weird. I have this real distinct memory of how this movie ends. Yeah. And it was not what happened in this. I remember <laughs> like funny. everybody dying. I remember Thomas coughing up blood because of his rabies. None of it happened in this. And I'm like, what movie am I remembering? That is weird. Because like, I even pictured all the characters right. And I, I don't know. It's like right. a this weird false memory I have. That's strange. Yeah. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, the trolls aren't bad, right? No. Like, they're not bad guys. And that's kind of like Hans' issue that yeah. it comes. Like, it's, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, the serious moment that we get of Hans at the end. Like, the trolls, they haven't really done anything to anybody. No. They eat, they eat the cameraman who's in their lair, right? Right. But generally speaking... They, there's a reason that nobody has seen them or heard of them, right? Because they just stick to themselves. Yeah, they just yeah eat they're rocks. stinky. They eat rocks, right? Um, but they don't do anything. They're just in the way of the government, right? Uh, is what it seems like to me. Well, just is, humanity is that, in general, just trying to develop. Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean, so like you have that whole aspect of the film, but I also think there's some really interesting satirical pieces here. Uh, I think any documentarian would, would get a good kick out of these. And, and they're kicked off by Thomas's blatant reference to Michael Moore right at the beginning of the film. <laughs> you know, as they're pursuing Hans to get that interview, you're, he's like, you think Michael, or do you think Michael Moore would stop after the second time or something like that, right? <laughs> um, there are some real questions about documentary ethics that Overdahl, the director, wants us to examine, I think. Just how mm-hmm. far are you willing to go to get a story, to make a movie? Are you willing to put yourself and others' lives at danger? And then as this film progresses, we start to see an interesting parallel, I think, between Hans and Thomas. Both are driven by this intense desire to hunt down their prey, in a sense, to leave their mark. Um, But Hans, as you said, has reached that point of shame with what he's doing. But Thomas, for the most part, remains unashamed at the lengths he is willing to go in pursuit of that glory until he, of course he, he finds out he has rabies and then he starts panicking <laughs> <laughs> only when he himself is in danger. Does he care? Yeah. Which is pretty yeah. interesting. He's, he's pretty much a selfish prick, but <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he is. He, he, is. He, he forces everybody to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. I do think that's interesting. Um, and, and that'll come back up, I think in, uh, our awards probably, but before we get there, MVM Plus today, Alex, I, I, I've been watching the Marvel films again, a rewatch, most of the films for my second time, and Neely's first time, we've been watching them together, and mm. I think we just came across what I think is the best consecutive run of Marvel movies, mm. and so I want to tell you what I think the best consecutive run is. Okay. Um, there's, I think, three to four films that really are like the best Marvel that we have. Mm. Um, and speaking of Marvel movies, I want to talk a little bit about the Shang-Chi trailer. Um, get your impressions of that so that's over at patreon.com slash mvmpod where you can vote you get a bonus vote on our uh monster madness bracket and uh you can get our entire catalog of mvm plus episodes i'm how many mvm plus episodes do we have now alex uh of mvm plus i think we just crossed like 48 I'm going to say, like, we've been doing doing MVM Plus for almost 50 episodes now. Yeah, we just did episode 47, so tonight we'll be doing 48. And there's some good stuff in there. There is. There's some okay stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but there's some good stuff in there. There, there really is. So uh, we'd love to have you become a bargain base night over at patreon.com slash pod. But Alex, did you prepare a monster piece theater for us today? I did. I did. Now names have been changed to protect those within the film. Um, and situations have slightly been altered to increase our dialogue. But all of these lines have occurred in a movie. Okay, so any movie that we've co- it has to be a movie that we've covered. Yes, I don't know this movie. I'm look. I, I have no idea what this movie is. There's uh, probably a reason why, but most of the people listening will probably have a good idea. <laughs> okay, all right. So uh, email us the answer if you know it. MVM uh, pod at gmail.com. That's MVM pod at gmail.com. Send us a Twitter message, a DM on Twitter. Uh, I'll make sure I get this correct answer from Alex and we'll see who can get this right. All right. Am, am I uh Jack or Janet? Uh, how about you be Janet? Okay. <laughs> All right. You ready? <clears throat> yeah. And action. Hey, Janet. <laughs> what do you want? Something's funny going on. You better check. <laughs> okay. Hurry up. Hey, Janet. Come on. There's a lot of trouble ahead. We must hurry. Okay. <laughs> In scene. I love how I had so many lines there, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot. I had a lot. I should have made you do it. but uh, No, that was good. That was yeah. good. I liked it. Add cool. trouble. Yeah, if you know that answer, send it, send it to us at nvmpod at gmail.com or send us a message over on Twitter. Let's go ahead and get into our awards, though, Alex. Um there's probably only one coolest yeah. character award that we can really give. Yeah, this is, this uh, I'm going to try Wars. to give another one, but this, uh, you go ahead. This is Final Wars all over again. Like, like <laughs> this is like that tier of character. <laughs> it's got to be Hans, man. Uh, there's, there's nothing. There's no downside to Hans. <laughs> like, he's so cool under pressure. The, the most panicked he ever gets is when he realizes the documentary crew is there for the first time and he runs up and he screams in the camera, Troll! <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, he's cool, calm, and collected. Like, the, the ending moments of that film with him just... <laughs> flashing that light at that troll so cool. and then he goes up to it with that rocket with the light rocket yeah. launcher he's so cool man and he, he just and he, you could tell he's like never worried not really he's like he he slowly walks everywhere like, yeah yeah he's just so funny and then the legendary armor moment is just it's so funny and priceless oh it's great yeah no hans is incredibly cool um and if we could double down on these awards, I would give it to Hans as well. But I do want to give a shout out to another cool character, and that's Joanna. Uh, she's like the sound uh, woman, right? Yeah. And I think she's a bit of an unsung hero in this this whole thing. Now, she doesn't have a major part. Um, she goes along sometimes with Thomas's <laughs> shenanigans. Um, but then she's principled a little bit more. I think like after the cameraman dies, she is principled to an extent where I think she she starts to have this this sense of of duty that you know yes. like we've gone this far now we we have to do mm-hmm. this for his sake she, and yeah it's like uh, there's more ethics behind her approach than there is to Thomas's approach right uh, yeah I think you're actually right 
with that because I would actually argue she's the only character in this film that changes. Yeah, um, yeah. Because she does. She actually has a, a small arc. <laughs> yeah, she does. Like she, you could tell, she doesn't really want to be a part of it. She doesn't want to rub the troll stink all over herself. <laughs> but the Joanna at the end of the film would not have a problem rubbing troll stink on herself. Like that, she's in it about as much as Thomas is by the yeah. end of the film. But it's because someone died. Yeah, and I don't know if I like agree with her stance and like oh no I don't. at all. Um, but I do think it's interesting how she develops throughout the film for yeah. sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about your most memorable line award? Man, there were a ton to choose from, like a ton of awesome <laughs> yeah. lines. Yeah, uh, just so many absurd. Once again, that's like the word for this movie is absurd. So many absurd lines, but ultimately, I want to go with this line. I just thought it was awesome, and it was. Uh, it was from the bridge scene. It was Hans, of course. Of and he course. says, keep your distance. I'm about to throw out some Christian man's blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so over the top, right? Like, <laughs> he's got a big bucket of Christian man's blood. <laughs> yeah, it's like, A, where did he get that? <laughs> where did he get that? Two, just the entire sentence. Like, what? Like, <laughs> that sentence, keep your distance. I'm about to throw out some Christian man's blood. What? You know what's interesting? The implication of someone being Christian changing their blood. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it almost has an implication. It has a couple implications, but it has an implication that there would be a God, at least in this film, and that it would fundamentally change you in in certain ways. Now, that's kind of interesting because you have to be an atheist to pursue trolls. Uh Uh-huh. It's just, it's interesting. It is interesting. Uh, I don't think it has any profound meaning other than to be no, funny. Though. I, I thought about, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, in this film, like, yeah, it, it's, it is interesting to think about because you're like, okay, well, if, if the troll can detect like a Christian blood, how can a troll detect Christian blood? And then <laughs> if you're an atheist going after a troll who can detect Christian blood, but like, Christian blood is somehow different from a normal person's blood, then maybe you should rethink your atheistic <laughs> position. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's actually a really interesting thing to think about, but I don't know if it, I think it's mostly played to comedic effect here. Well, it's mostly so. played to comedic effect and probably, I, I would imagine that's a, a Norwegian myth. Right, like it, it has, is. it has to have some sort of like Norwegian yeah. roots. In it's the only trolls. part of the like fairy tales that yeah. is actually true. Yeah, um, right. as far as Hans is concerned. Uh huh. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now there is a. Uh, I had a line. It was. It was actually. There's a van of people that show up to drop off like the bear carcass. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> they're, man. they're all hilarious. We haven't even talked about the bear carcass people. <laughs> Those guys are hilarious. It's all so funny. <laughs> Um, and the, one of the guys, he's like the, the leader of the, this van of them. And he's pretty funny, (laughs) a little dramatic and they're carrying the bear carcass and he goes, we, we must break my back, back, my back, back. (laughs) I think Finn, right? Finn's his name, maybe? Finn's his name. Yeah. My backpack, my backpack. Oh, jeez. But yeah, (laughs) he's just like comedic. I just really enjoyed like him. I wish he was in it more. Actually, Yeah. Well, you know. You know, um, so the the actor Otto Jesperson for Hans, he's actually like a Norwegian comedian. 
Um, mm. And I'm, I'm wondering, I, they said so they mixed amateur actors like the film crew with some professional like comedians from Norway. And I wonder if Finn's character, Hans Morten Hansen, is also a comedian. I will need to look that up because that would be interesting. Um, just because he played up the comedy aspect, that satirical comedy, he did a good job with that. Yeah. But uh, what about your Can't Believe the Acting Award, speaking of acting? You know, there are a couple of people you could maybe give it to, but I, I feel like I'd be just, even though we keep talking about him, I, I feel like if I didn't say Hans, I, I wouldn't be doing him any justice, you know? Mm-hmm. Otto Jesperson... He does a great job. He's dry. He's funny. He smiles like once during the film when he's talking about the troll rolling down. He only cracks a smile at the end of his joke after people are already laughing. Yeah. Uh, But other than that, like (laughs) he's so deadpan. He delivers troll. Yeah. (laughs) There's, there's, there's nothing to like this. I mean, there's nothing to dislike about his performance here. No, that, that story of the troll eating his tail and rolling down the hill he does tell that so self-seriously. And then, yeah, he does start to laugh as others laugh. But, like, he wasn't, like, necessarily telling it in a sort of comedic way. Yes. It's just so well played. Like, that's such a subtle, like, he starts developing. It's so good how he, he picks up on the social cues as he tells the story and then kind of goes along with those social cues, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, really, really well done. Um, as much as he is fantastic. I, I do think that Glenn Erland Tosterud as Thomas is really, he does a great job. Now, we already mentioned that his character, Thomas, is pretty much a prick, right? <laughs> um, he really is. He uh, is. But there's the small moments with him that I think make his character and also show the humanity of his character. Uh it's just stuff that we would do, like that we would just react to. There's that one moment uh, that I, I love where Hans is with the the veterinarian and they, they say goodbye to each other and the veterinarian hugs Hans for just a second longer than is probably socially appropriate. And Thomas's character just gives that sly look to the camera, you know, yeah. and he's just, it's just so perfect. Like he's like, we know what he's thinking and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you are thinking the same thing. And it's that acknowledgement. It kind of breaks the fourth wall there. Uh, and Hans or, or Thomas's character does that a couple of times. Yeah. And it's just the timing <laughs> of it that works so well that, that I, I want to give a shout out to him because it, uh, it wouldn't work without him doing that exactly right. Yeah, I mean, when when they go to the uh, the power grid, uh-huh. and he's like, "Isn't it weird that this that the electrical lines go in a circle and they don't go anywhere?" And he's like looking at the camera. And the yeah, camera. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's like uh, the gym. It's like the gym effect, you yeah. know, from the office. Um, but he he pulls it off here. Thomas does. Yeah, yeah. I really like. I really like his performance in those moments. Uh, what about your standout effect award? So. I keep coming back to the bridge scene, but I love when that hand comes up on the bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that that effect looked like a practical effect to me. It might not be, but it looked like a hand, right? Uh, yeah. And that's what made it stand out is it, it really did look like a big old troll hand just came up on that bridge uh, after Hans had <laughs> spilled the Christian man's blood. <laughs> oh, man. I I genuinely felt scared for Hans, and then whenever he gets mauled <laughs> and then bit, I, was, I thought he was dead. I really did at that yeah. moment. But of course, 
barely a f- flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a flesh wound. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Um, I just like I just like that he gets knocked completely out, and then when oh, he gets yeah. back up, he's like, "I'll be right back." <laughs> yeah. He has to go take care of business. Though. Yeah, he's got to take care of business. Um, with that gigantic syringe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. My standout effect is the sound design, actually. It's the first time I've actually given it to something like that. And the sound design, especially in the more tense sequences, especially the nighttime uh, hunt sequence when they see the troll for the first time, the sound design is awesome. Like, it, it's, you can t- it's really directional. You can tell where it's coming from. But then again, you also don't quite know where he's at. But it turns out it's because he's directly on top of them, mm-hmm. which is why they can't tell where where he is at any moment. I just, it's so well done. All the sound effects of the troll and the way everything is done. You can hear him walking. It's just, I was really impressed by how they did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. Um, what about your, oh, that's a good shot award. Mine's got to be Han standing in front of the gigantic troll. When he fires the uh, like the UV rocket into him, mm-hmm. it's just it's just completely ludicrous, and there's like nothing to dislike about it because it's just so funny. <laughs> now I like when he walks back like yeah. towards towards uh, the film crew, and he disappears behind the hill, and that's mm-hmm. the last time we see him. <laughs> yep, uh, that's so great, so great. Um, that would have probably been mine. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll choose another one just because we're not going to double down. And well, when he's, mine's him shooting and then yours will be him walking back. <laughs> it's pretty close, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll go with a different one. You know, when he starts walking back, um, yeah, it's fantastic, but there's also this shot in the troll lair scene where there's just that quick flash of light and we see three trolls running after the crew. Mm-hmm. I liked it because it's so disturbing. First of all. But it's just also, it's so fast. We don't have the time to process it or to think about it. Um, we don't get time to analyze probably the less than perfect CGI. Mm-hmm. And so it actually works as an unsettling moment. So I'll go with that with my, oh, that's a good shot award. Yeah, they did a great job with the CGI too. Especially, you know, it's clear that the mockumentary aided that, yes. right? Because yes. it's not great. It's not the best CGI, but this style... But really it works helps for the it film. Out. Yeah, it yep. works for the tone of the film. Absolutely, um, it could easily, <laughs> it could easily not work. Um, mm-hmm. But here, I think it is because of that slightly less than serious tone. Mm-hmm. You don't think about it too much. At least I didn't. I agree. I'm the same way. Uh, what about our rating and ranking? Yeah, our rating and ranking here. So, Alex, out of five, of course, and then. Does it deserve its place among our elite eight of 21st century standalone giant monster movies? Um, how about you go first? Yeah, uh, it, it definitely belongs in our elite eight. Uh, I think the movie is actually pretty great overall. Uh, a lot of humor, the legendary Hans armor scene should be talked about more, and some well done, intense scenes, namely like the original encounter in the forest and the final chase with the big troll is really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are great moments. And the film really, for the most part, fires on all cylinders throughout the majority of the film. I, I do think that it 
is a little long, but it's it's like it's almost nitpicking because while there could be cuts, like there could certainly be cuts in probably most movies. I would like to see a little shorter version. I don't know what you could cut out really, but just I think it's because <laughs> there's some real the Hans armor scene. Mm-hmm. It feels like after that moment that it is just so great. We don't really get a like a moment like that until maybe closer to the end of the film or maybe the death scene or something. Something could probably be cut. Now, I do find that the found footage aspect of the ending is also unnecessary. Like it we didn't have to do this style. Like we didn't have to do the oh someone found footage and then oh they mysteriously disappeared by this completely inept government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like let's just be real. Like like they were non threatening in any way, but suddenly they did they make some people disappear. Like I couldn't buy that these people made someone disappear. Yeah. Um other than that though, I think the film's a pretty big success. I really like it. Like there's a lot I would recommend this to just about anybody. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have to give it a 4 out of 5. Nice. Well, I will agree with you. Um that I I also think that the movie is a bit too long. Um and I think that has to do with the the style, the found footage style. Anytime we have a found footage film, um I think I always feel like it could be a little bit shorter just because again, it has that sort of a gimmick feel and you're like, yeah. let's just keep this thing as short as possible. Um, there's not much of a narrative to it, but there's also not much of, it's not like the, the, the film is, is super visual in its storytelling aspect. There are a lot of comedic moments that have a payoff <laughs> and that I did enjoy, but it <laughs> probably could be cut down for the sake of the narrative and the overall experience. But yeah, I do think this film 100% deserves its place in our Elite Eight. As much as I'm intrigued by the other option, Reign of Fire, I'm glad that this movie won out. Because mm-hmm. if for nothing else, uh, it deserves its place for its unique design and delivery. And I know Cloverfield, of course, also brings that found footage element. But when this film is combined with that mockumentary style, I don't think there's anything quite like Troll Hunter. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the tonal shifts for me don't work. Like the last third of the movie does not work for me tonally. It crosses that line at the layer scene personally, and I think it loses any comedic and satirical bite it has at that point. Um, that's what I said. I think we could cut some of that down actually, and and have more of a, a satire here. I like the epilogue. I think that's kind of a fantastic and clever way. Uh, to use actual footage. <laughs> um, like that was an actual Norwegian official that they used there at the end that was talking about the troll, you know, um, but people just didn't read it as like literal trolls, but they, they played it that way in this movie. Uh, and so I thought that was a pretty fantastic piece of, of satire there, but yeah, I, I didn't love the last 30 minutes of the movie. I didn't. Um, and so for me, I, I'm, I'm giving this, I, I I really liked the first 60 minutes. I, I loved it. Um, I'm giving this a three out of five, though. I, I'm giving it a three out of five. Uh, it, but it does deserve its place. I, I, I'm glad it exists. And, yeah, I do think I'd recommend it. I think some people would probably like it more than I did. Some people would definitely like it less. Uh, it just depends on what you're looking for with this film. Okay. You disappoint me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but... 
I guess, what are we going to do for rhyme time, Eric? Rhyme time. Well, next week we have either Attack the Block oh, yeah. or Annihilation. So why don't we try to rhyme something with that sort of matchup, Alex? Oh, man. So I guess next week we got to Attack the Block. Would I rather eat a sock or watch Annihilation and enjoy the celebration? I don't, I don't know. That's that's all I got. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Mine is, uh, will attack the block get clocked, or will annihilation meet its final exhalation? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, pretty good. We'll take it, we'll take yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. On Letterboxd, we're Eric Neely and Alex Cornette. You can email us, mvmpod at gmail.com, or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus MVM Plus episodes. And if you feel so led, do leave us a review on iTunes. They really help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, rock band for PlayStation 3, comma, Senor Honda, comma, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, comma, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week. Try, Try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. <laughs> <laughs> <Cause>. <laughs>